When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it looks like uh, we lost uh, uh, two Navy SEALs in the Red Sea, and uh, the Pentagon made the announcement yet. But, but Rita and uh, Congressman King in the uh, studio, and along with Judge Weinberg, uh, bodies have not been recovered. Is there any chance you think that the Pentagon says they declared them dead? I guess they need the wives to get the, the uh, life insurance or whatever it is. But the bodies have not been recovered Congressman King, you've been around for a long time. Right. You think any chance there might be alive someplace, or prisoners? I don't think so, because they were seen actually falling off the side of a boat. Uh, one went off, and the other drove in to get him. So, oh, it's so heartbreaking yeah. when you hear yeah. the story. And it's been ten days, you guys. I, by the yeah. way, I was reading um, Pete and John and and Judge that it um, they did a twenty thousand nautical mile search, um, U.S., Japan, Spain. And couldn't find them. And, and as well, Pete if was they just saw saying, him they fall, If in. they saw him fall in. Yep, they did. How far away did they get in that time period? I know. Isn't that interesting? And then the other guy went in to save his buddy. Right. Um, and they were on a mission. What's important to note, too, is they were on a mission because they were trying to get rid of weapons uh, tied to the Hootsies and a whole bunch mm. of others. The, so the Iranian weapons going yes. to the Hooties. Yep. How tragic. So when, so when you say that the Iranians are not involved in this. Absolutely wrong. They are involved in this. Anybody who denies that is denying the obvious. You know, the other thing, too, I was hearing 151 attacks, you guys, on U.S. bases since mid-October by these Iranian proxy groups. So they are stepping up attacks, and Biden's doing a diddly squat. And uh, we're going to have some good guests today. We have uh, uh, the Ways and Means Committee Chairman, uh, uh, Jason Smith. Yeah, right there on the front row with all the uh, Hunter Biden and everything else. So Ambassador Bolton is back from Europe, and uh, he'll fill us in on what the heck is going on. Uh, Ed Cox, uh, the uh, the judge <clears throat> that voted against the uh, the uh, uh, rezoning redistricting of, uh, voted to change the established redistricting. They promoted to emperor. <laughs> As a reward, must be, must be a coincidence. Democratic yeah. Party must be a coincidence. Yeah, yeah I, I can't wait to ask right? him about right. that. Uh, then we have the chief of patrol, uh, John Shell, who is uh, cracking down on protester. Thank goodness. And Bill O'Reilly for a whole fifteen minutes at the end of the show, five forty-five to six o'clock, and he's got a lot to say. Yeah, and by the way, John, too, also the Supreme Court uh, just came out a little bit ago. I can't believe this, saying that the federal agents, well, they got to get rid of the razor wire at tech in Texas. How okay. crazy. This is the battle. That, no, no, Texas. the Supreme Court did not order them to get away, uh, give, 
cut the razor wire. They, they said they, they have the right to do it. Exactly. The problem is that the Supreme Court is correct on the law, but it's bad public policy because they're allowing all these illegal migrants to come and, and in. My position is Governor Abbott has the right to protect his uh, absolutely, constituents. Absolutely, absolutely, he should. But now, why do you now? Why do you you it's take called, issue because it's 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 who no, has supremacy, it, right? It's called the supremacy clause. Right. The federal law precedes and takes precedence over the state law. The problem, of course, is that when the federal government refuses to honor their obligation to protect the border and keep the national security safe. And Texas is trying to do it. It's really a bad problem. That's why I say it's, it's a right legal decision, but it's bad public policy. Who's protecting line, it's us? It's a mess. It's a, by the way, I never thought I would say this, guys, but uh, John Fetterman has been the voice of reason in the Democratic Party. The U.S. Senator, <laughs> the U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania, has some common sense, and also the U.S. Uh, Senator uh, from West Virginia. Joe, uh, Manchin. Joe Manchin and has a lot of common sense. He was on my Sunday show. Yeah, by the way, got a lot of pickup. And we missed you, John, too. Tell us about your trip. You called in quickly. You were you were in St. Pete. St. Pete. We did. I did three press conferences. I did. Uh, we visited the police athletic kids from from St. Pete. We, How uh, beautiful. It was a wonderful. We had a, a couple. Uh, Margot had her uh a Russian heritage dinner. I saw it looked beautiful, and, by the uh, way. The we met with a lot gorgeous. of people and uh, we uh, visited with the people building our uh, our condo project, the tallest condo project in uh, in the west coast of Florida. That's the good news. Bad news is it, there was a cold spell. Yeah, we saw it here. It was cold. <laughs> so while you were cold in Florida, we were freezing in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely freezing. John, I understand we have uh, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, Chairman Jason Smith, joining us here on Cats and Cosby. Mm-hmm. Mr. Chairman, great to have you back on the show. It's great to be with you all. You know, so much going on, Chairman. Uh, let's get to, first of all, uh, Hunter Biden. Now, uh, the, the, uh, the chairman is in charge of the Ways and Means Committee, the most powerful committee in Congress. Which is why we love nothing, him. J- Jason Smith, nothing could happen without you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, John, but we are we are definitely busy. And, and you know, our committee has jurisdiction over all tax policies, all trade, health care, social security, welfare programs, and, of course, uh, part of the impeachment inquiry into Hunter Biden. So we're a little bit. We're a little bit busy, but you know what? You can walk and chew gum all at once, and that's what we're what we're doing on the committee. I got some of the hardest working members of Congress that serve with me. I understand uh, that Steve Moore and Larry Kudlow are hosting a dinner for you tonight, so I might see you tonight. But I wanted to give you a heads up. WABC is one of the most powerful radio stations on, on the uh, in in America. Uh, we. We're talking about, uh, over the weekend, there's a big election coming up, uh, the old, uh, the old uh, George Santos, Santos state. Yep. And every time we put on Instagram, uh, about the election, uh, about, uh, Mozzie, Mozzie, yep, Mozzie, Pete, Mozzie, yep. and, <clears throat> and against Tom Swazi. Swazi. And it- guess what happened? Instagram knocked us off the air. Until we reapply to go back in again. And when our lawyer asked, why is this happening? They said, well, we have artificial intelligence that, that is automatically knocking things off. I just, you, as the Ways and Means chairman, I want you to know what's going on. 
Yeah, that's it. What do you think of that, that, Mr. Chairman? That is wild. That is wild. That's unacceptable. And that's not what's supposed to happen in in countries like ours. That that is the first time I've heard of this instance and this race. I'm glad that you pointed it out to me. That's just and, artif- yeah, and they're blaming artificial intelligence, but there is no intelligence. Artificial intelligence is only, only as intelligent as the programmer that creates it. Exactly. And there has to be certain, certain data points that they put in there to target or to shut off under artificial intelligence. So there's truly a baseline of something. It's creating the problem. Hey, Jason, this is Pete King. It's great to be talking to you again. You're doing a great job as chairman. So I miss you guys down there, even though it seems chaotic at times. I would try to talk about Mozzie uh, uh, Phillip and that race there. She has she's making a great race. And something like this could really uh, you know, undo the election. It's really a bad situation. She's a great candidate. It's terrible. Pete, Pete, it's great to hear from you as well. I didn't know you were on the other line. but um, No, he's live in the he, studio. Yeah, the king is here in the studio. Well, he's right there. I wish I was there with you all. That would have that would have been pretty good. But um, she, I think she's a great candidate and, and perfect for that district. Yeah. And I think that if, if, in, if New York sends her to Washington, D.C., <clears throat> she will be such an effective, strong voice with with an incredible, incredible background. You know, one one of the things she's real big into is securing the border um, and protecting. um, And obviously, we've had a huge issue here, Mr. Chairman, with migrants and everything. Um, I just saw a little bit ago that they are announcing a vote. It looks like a potential vote for Mayorkas impeachment. uh, January 31st, your thoughts on that? I'll tell you, the secretary has violated just about every law under the direction of the president. Um, the fact that they are not enforcing the laws of the land and they are allowing the border to be completely porous, that anyone can cross it, that that's absolutely unacceptable and someone needs to be held accountable for it. I, I agree 100 percent. And, you know, and the Supreme Court has said today uh, that the federal agents have a right to go around uh, to cut the, uh, the, barbed uh, the barbed wire. Now, my question is, the governor, governor uh, of uh, Abbott of Texas, how does he protect his constituents? This has turned into some really uncharted territory. Um, whenever you're looking at states' rights versus federal entities, it's uh, the governor of Texas has been doing as good as a job as he possibly can as a governor. Whenever he is basically up against the power of the federal government to do nothing at the border, so the fact that they would be willing to to cut wire and go forward, it's just, it's maddening. Yeah, it is. Uh, Now, what what is the priority uh, when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, oh, crap, what is the priority that you're you're looking at that that, uh, you you are afraid is going on? Well, I'll tell you, there's multiple things. It's just not outlined in one, but one that I am – I, I lose sleep over quite often, and that's our our debt. I, I believe our debt and China are two of the biggest threats to our nation. And when you're looking at $34 trillion worth of debt, we got to find ways to to get out of that 
horrible, horrible problem. Spending is clearly an issue. However, um, the economics and the innovation are things that we have to look at. And that's why we need to make sure tax policy is right and appropriate that grows the economy. And that will that will help. But we're going to have to cut spending, grow the economy, do numerous things. So when it comes to economic policies, that's what's keeping me up. Understood. You, before we now, let you go, can I ask you about Hunter Biden? I want to ask you your thoughts because you've been knee deep in all of that. And it looks like he's going to appear for a deposition. January 6th. Yeah. And January 6th. There's all that stuff with where's the evidence on January 6th. They, they destroyed the evidence. Oh, my God. It's it's way overdue. He should have came under the first subpoena. If any other America was American was issued a subpoena like that, they wouldn't have went the day that he was supposed to be served on the subpoena and do a press conference on the steps of the the Capitol defying it. He just did it because his last name's Biden. I'm looking forward for him coming in for the depositions. Last week, I sat down in depositions with. What they refer to, it's Kevin Morse. A lot of people refer to it as the sugar brother of, of Hunter Biden. And I'll tell you, it's it's crazy that Hunter Biden has friends out there that has loaned him five, six million dollars just just to pay off his taxes, buying all kinds of paintings overpriced. It, it's just it's maddening of the whole trail that we're uncovering right now. I wish I had friends like that. <laughs> Those are some good friends. Judges smiling, too, going, oh, my God. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Chairman. We love having you here on the show. Enjoy your dinner tonight, too. Uh, the chairman of the House Ways and Means, very powerful position there. I hope to there. see you at uh, dinner tonight. Keep up the great work, Jason. I look forward to seeing you, John. Pete, good to hear from you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman, very much. And joining us now is a former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton. Um, Ambassador, great to have you here. We were talking at the top this terrible news about uh, the two Navy SEALs who have now been presumed dead. And they were saying it's been 151 attacks by these Iranian proxy groups on U.S. bases, including over the weekend at our base Al-Udeid there in Iraq. Uh, this is where, where uh, this it's like these little pinprick responses. Everyone's saying, when is Biden going to finally do something about Iran? Your thoughts? Well, it, it's uh, very distressing to me that he simply won't acknowledge that Iran is behind all of this violence in the Middle East, beginning with the Hamas attack on October the 7th, what the Houthis are trying to do to close shipping in the Red Sea, the Hezbollah uh, attacks on Israel in the north. Uh, and the Shia militia attacks on, as you say now, over 150 since October the 7th in Syria and Iraq on our military personnel and and, and on our uh, embassy and civilian personnel, too, plus going after shipping in the in the Arabian Sea, seizing the ship that was still under supervision of a U.S. court in Texas uh, for violating our sanctions. Iran is at the source of this. Iran is arming, equipping, training, financing all these terrorist groups. Uh, it has actively struck uh, Israeli uh, consulates and uh, maybe w- whatever else they were in inside Iraq. They've attacked in Pakistan. And to this to this point, other than Pakistan, Pakistan attacking uh, terrorist groups inside Iran, Iran has felt no pain at all since October the 7th. If the administration can't see what's happening and doesn't understand that to restore any kind of deterrence, let alone uh, appropriate retaliation for the risks that these terrorist surrogates are imposing. You know, if we can't make that into a campaign issue uh, this year, I don't know what uh, what what we can.
Wow. And uh, uh, tell us, uh, uh, have you figured out whose side is who and who's funding who uh, uh, on the uh, uh, in uh, Iran? Well, Iran, we know, is the Houthis, the, uh, the Hezbollah, and the... Right. It all Mosque. comes from Iran. And, yeah. you know, they may have and, and others. And Saudi Arabia is ISIS, right? Well, you know, there are people in Saudi Arabia who are extremists, who have funded groups, uh, uh, terrorist groups, w- without question, and 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 still are, uh, including what amounted to the attack on us uh, on on uh, September the 11th. But right now, this what you see is Iran's strategy. They call the Ring of Fire around Israel, uh, but it affects Saudi Arabia. It affects the other oil-producing Arab states in the on the peninsula, and it affects us. I mean, these are American casualties in this war uh, that that Iran has produced. And uh, the recent attack on our on our base in Iran, even the administration conceded were casualties, including potential brain injuries. I think I've mentioned to you before, our military say the only reason we haven't had a mass casualty event, I mean, something very serious uh, involving American casualties in Iraq is luck. And that's not a strategy. It doesn't tell Iran uh, that they will pay a severe price if they continue their activity. When are they going to stop if they're not feeling any pain? Yeah, good point. Uh, we are talking to former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton, Judge Weinberg. Mr. Ambassador, good to talk to you again. There's a lot of talk about imposing from the outside a two-state solution on Israel and the Palestinians. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I don't think imposing a two-state solution will work uh, fundamentally because the two-state solution won't work. Uh, uh, It's been demonstrated now that inside Gaza, Hamas was building a terrorist state. Uh, And and what what country, what free country would ever accept uh, having a terrorist state on its border? I mean, the fact is, and this goes back decades, the whole idea that the Gaza Strip and some dots of territory on the West Bank could constitute an economically viable independent state were always wrong. Uh, And I think this has now been proven beyond a doubt. Uh, So what we really need to do to have compassion for the Palestinian people, and especially the people in Gaza, is find resettlement for them. Uh, They're they're not going to go back into Israel after October 7th. Uh, the Arab states were the ones who, in the 1950s and 1960s, weaponized the Palestinians against uh, Israel. And it's, it seems to me it's now their burden, their obligation. They say they don't want the Palestinians. What does that tell you? Does that mean they're uh, Israel's problem? Uh, I think it's time for the Arab world to recognize that real peace and stability will come when, when the, the Palestinians who have been abused uh, the way they have been as weapons against Israel over the years get an economic future for themselves and their children. That's only going to come in countries where there are viable economies. It's not going to come in the Gaza Strip. John, this is Pete King. First of all, thanks, as always, for your great commentary. Uh, How long do you think Netanyahu can stand up, though, to President Biden is trying to impose the uh, two-state solution? Is, is, Is Netanyahu strong enough politically to resist that pressure? You know, I I don't know the answer to that question, but I think the mood in Israel, having seen a second Holocaust uh, right in front of them on October the 7th, are not going to bend under this kind of pressure. And I think there's another mistake the administration uh, is displaying here. You know, this was this is a very serious uh, uh, conflict that's going on in the Middle East. And and even even if your objective were simply to bring it to a halt, uh, it, you, you have to do that with limited near-term objectives. Instead, 
the administration is saying the way to solve this terrible war uh, that's been inflicted on Israel is to achieve the settlement that in 75 years nobody else has been able to achieve. Oops, uh, we're losing you a little bit there. Uh, you know, by the way, um, Ambassador, I don't know if you saw this, guys. A senior Hamas officer is openly rejecting the two-state solution, saying, no, Israel, it has to have uh, a demise of Israel. So, I mean, they're not fair brokers by any sense of the word. I mean, for you know, They've it's ridiculous. Up. They've never given up their objective when they say from the river to the sea. That means driving Israel into the Mediterranean. That That's what the Palestinians have been weaponized for for decades. And that's why simply putting them back in the Gaza Strip is not going to solve the problem. It's not a viable economy. It will remain a big refugee camp which only sows the seeds of another conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton, we love having you here on Cats and Cosby. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Glad to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, John, uh, we've got Ed Cox coming up. Yes, and uh, we're going to take him right after this break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back with Ed Cox. And what's going on in Albany? Well, they changed around the uh, districts again after it was legally done. And what do they do? They make this new judge an empress. Ed Cox, <laughs> tell us what's going on in Albany. That's uh, not what's going on in Albany. It's what's going on in our 26 congressional districts. None of our 26 members of Congress know what their district is. It's in complete confusion. And when's a new district? Is it this, uh, this year or the year after? Uh, they, they're going to be running. Uh, this, the vote will be this coming November. And, so they're going to uh, change it now from this November? Right. That's the problem. That's why you have chaos. That is chaos. It, it, it is chaos. Uh, no one, the challengers don't know what district they'd be challenging. The members of Congress don't know what district they will be, be defending. The And they won't know for well in the March. Doesn't, uh, this, things are done for congressional elections, and and it's done purely on party line. There must be. There must be, you need a smart federal lawyer. There must be a reason to take this to federal court. Oh, well, it does not get, no. The Supreme Court of the United States has recently said we will not take partisan gerrymander cases. We leave those to the highest court of New York State, and that's the court that has really but messed they, up. But they, they committed a fraud, in my opinion. Well, let me, let's say there is a number of ethical problems in what they did. Fundamentally, Ed, judge, yeah, yeah. Ed, it's Richard Wamper. Fundamentally, what they did is they vetoed a good judge who's a nominee of the governor to get in the person they wanted. Then that person then appointed Renwick or whatever her name is, and they're now Renwick, making her yes. presiding justice of the appellate division. And she voted to switch the uh, the rules of the game. That was so, her only mission she, in life. That's right. And, and that's all part of an ethical problem that she's already decided right. the, 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 the opinion in this case in another case. So right. she had a clear bias. And this was all brought to you by Janaris, the state senator from Queens, the deputy majority leader, who didn't like the lines because they were fair lines drafted by an independent special master. Is that correct? Exactly. And we have more competitive districts than any other state. 
And the competition is good in politics. That's what we want. Now, we happen to win them uh, uh, in 2022, but they're going to have a good shot at getting them that the Democrats would in 2024. Uh, but uh, but they would rather cheat than compete here. And that's what they're doing. By the way, they fixed uh, the, uh, the the the, court, the highest court in New York state that decided this. So, Ed, Steve Moore here. And, you know, I'm the only non-New Yorker around the Cats roundtable today. But this has huge national implications because this could be, Rita, Three or four additional Democrat seats, right? It's the enormous. Their German easy, 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 easy. Three or easy. Yeah. Well, uh, that that. And the Republicans yeah, only have a one or two or three seat majority, yeah. so this could swing the whole Congress. Really. And that's why they did it. And that's exactly yeah. why yes. they did it. That's why they're making such enormous yeah. efforts. Uh, so, what can be done? And so, where, what's the next step for people listening to? The the, uh, the Independent Redistricting Commission is going to be fighting this out. Then it will go to the legislature that will uh, re-gerrymander all the districts to their satisfaction. Then we will take them into court and it will go right back up to the highest court uh, in the state, which may will probably have a different composition than the court that made this decision. And you're going to have all this done by next before November's election? Yeah. And it is clear under the state constitution that you can't do a a mid decade uh, uh, reconfiguration of the court of, of the of the congressional districts by the court, and that's exactly what's happening here. And yet they overrode that provision of the constitution in coming to, to this decision that the legislature should, in essence, have another shot at redistricting. Wow. Ed Cox, yeah. we'll keep we'll keep following you, and you're here a couple of days a week, and uh, we'll talk about it when you're in the studio. You bet. Thank you. And uh, Rita, I understand we have some hot news. It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. Well, as you heard here on Cats and Cosby, all eyes are on the Granite State as the nation's presidential primary is going to be held tomorrow. It's the first one in the nation for a primary that is in New Hampshire. Polling suggests former President Trump is solidly in the lead, followed by, of course, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. She just held a campaign event, however, with the very popular Judge Judy, which is interesting. I love Judge Judy. Also, uh, overseas, we were just talking with former Ambassador John Bolton. There is a lot of war of words over a two-state solution. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu understandably insists on Hamas being removed from power. And the Palestinian militant group will not agree to do that, says they're not going anywhere. Israel, however, this in the last few minutes, is now proposing a potential Two-month ceasefire in exchange for all of the hostages to be released. It's unclear if Hamas would accept that at all. And here in New York City, Trump's second defamation trial was delayed today due to COVID exposure concerns. There's a report that a juror on the case fell sick while heading in and decided to head home. This is, of course, in connection to the second defamation lawsuit filed against Trump by writer Eugene Carroll. And it just broke a few minutes ago uh, that the trial will resume on Wednesday, of course, the day after the New Hampshire primary. And those, John, are your Goya very hot, 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 hot stories of the day. Thank you. Thank you, Rita. And I'll tell you, I love those Goya beans. Uh, <laughs> 
They're real beings. By the way, I had somebody stop me on the street the other day and say, are they as good as you and John say? And I said, yes, 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 they are. Well, let's take a break right now. We'll come back and uh, we'll be talking to Steve Moore and we're going to be talking to Chief of Patrol John Shell. And then at the end of the show, Bill O'Reilly, he's got some other hot news. And let's take that break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we have Steve Moore uh, in the studio. And Steve, you're from Chicago. <laughs> and I understand it gets really cold in Chicago. A little bit. <laughs> Tell us, how cold is it? And I understand it almost, wa- single, Chicago almost single-handedly almost wiped out Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, you know, we laugh about it, but it's just an amazing story that, that, you know, got to be negative 10 degrees in Chicago. And that happens in January and February. I, I grew up there, so I had 18 years of it. And so what happened is that the, uh, electric vehicle batteries froze and they malfunctioned. So people were literally stranded in their cars at negative 10 degrees below. By the way, if you're, if you're a woman and you're in a car, you know, by yourself in the middle of the night, I mean, it's a health and safety scary. issue. It's really a scary, scary thing. Do the batteries and, come back or you have to get I, the yeah, That's way beyond my pay grade. But all I'm telling <laughs> you is they weren't working. And so people were just stranding their cars in the middle of the streets and and walking down the streets home? exactly. I mean, people. It, as I said, it was and emergency vehicles get by. Yeah, and My so guys what in a Pennsylvania mess. wanted to put in. They were giving them free chargers yeah. to put in. Right. I said, I, I said the ne- the last time I looked in Pennsylvania in your area is almost as cold as Chicago. <laughs> so I think you should read up what happened in Chicago before you decide to put in free chargers. Yeah, it was like an image, John, too, where you saw like these dead cars sort of sitting yeah. there. I mean, there were hundreds of them. And then, you know, you have the problem of people talking about, you know, cars in their garage that catch fire and that becomes a, a safety hazard as well. I think the underlying theme here is the last year has been just Horrific for electric vehicles. People aren't buying them. We talked, remember last week when I was on the show, we talked about Hertz is selling 20,000 of their EVs because nobody wants them. Yeah, who wants them? Nobody (laughs) wants them. Yeah, exactly. So you can get them pretty cheap right now, and the government's already paying you. You know, seventy five hundred dollars to buy these things. Look, I'm I'm not against Tesla. I think it's a great company, but. The idea that the government's going to – they want a mandate over the next decade that 80% of the cars, Rita, have to be be electric vehicles when people don't want them. This is crazy. Give the people a choice what they want to buy. If they want to buy electric cars, if they're stupid enough, let them buy them. (laughs) Uh, You know, actually, you know what people want, what's really hot right now, is the hybrids. Let them buy hybrids. Give them a choice. But the left left doesn't even want hybrids. Let's go to Chief Shaw and find out – how if there's been any problems in New York? Absolutely, on electric vehicles. Oh, that's a good question. So let's go to the chief of patrol, John Shell. He's got the three... highest ranking uh, officer in New York City. Yeah, and has NYPD. three decades of experience. So I'd say that's quite a bit. Uh, chief Shell, um, yes. fill us in. Have there been any problems, by the way, before we get to some of the other stuff uh, with electric vehicles <laughs> there in New York? Well, uh, first of all, John Reed, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, I don't happen to uh, own a Tesla. I don't think I can afford one, but uh, I'd be very annoyed if I came out and couldn't stop my car because the battery froze. Then what are we going to do? Exactly. I take the bus. Yeah. What a mess. I take the bus. What a mess. Hey, by the way, you um, you have had a really powerful poster over the weekend uh, where you were talking about the protesters 
Uh, these people are driving everybody nuts. They're blocking the, you know, the entranceways to stores, uh, bridges, uh, anti-Israel. Oh, anti-Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even know if they know what they're right. protesting, <laughs> right. you know, but, but some of those vile language they protested at the cancer hospital, Steve, the other day at Sloan Kettering down the halls. I mean, come on. I uh, tell us how fed up you guys are doing. And, and it seems like you guys are saying it's time to crack down. Well, look, you know, since October 7th, we've had over 1,300 demonstrations in the city. More than half of them are pro-Palestinian. We're talking about 200,000-plus people. And we average about 15 a day, and it's really tasking on our police officers. And, you know, we're trying new ways and strategies, how to stop it, how to make their life a little miserable, how to make better arrests, be more strategic. And as you see, we're starting to ramp up. The type of arrests working with the DA's office in terms of, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they uh, decided they were going to try to shut down our bridges and tunnels that Monday, uh, they thought they were going to get a simple summons and be out in two hours. And we said, no, not this time. Uh, we're going to give you a death clearance ticket. We're going to fingerprint some of you, and you're going to be here for quite a while. So it's strategies like that that we're trying to change. And, you know, we, we, we allow people their First Amendment. The rhetoric is disgusting and disturbing. We hate it. Uh, if I can arrest all of them, put them to the system, I would, but I'm bound by rules and, and the Constitution. But you know, cops are really working hard and trying to mitigate this the best we can. You know, speaking of uh, Chief Shell, uh, cops working so hard, um, Mayor Eric Adams uh, vetoed that bill where it was basically, uh, for people out there, it, it basically bogs you down with paperwork or you have to fill out paperwork for all these reports. Also, canceling solitary confinement. There's sort of these two layers to it. Um, bravo to the mayor for doing it, but it looks like the city council at this point says they have the right, you know, the votes to veto, you know, override his veto. We'll see, but he's trying to get folks to now do ride alongs, which I think is a good idea. You know, have them realize how hard you guys are working out there on the streets. Explain what this bill would do if the city council prevails. Well, first it's called the Harmony Stops Act, which is wrong. We're not stopping people. We're asking people for help. If you don't want to stop and you want to keep walking, that, that's your prerogative. But all our interactions, our, our investigative interactions, now we have to stop what we're doing and input them on our phone. And we have to ask you your race, your age, your gender. We've got to write down why we stopped you. you know, to put it in, in reality, look what happened the other day with the, with the person going around stabbing people in New York City. We had a dragnet all day. We, we talked to thousands of people that day. And, and it was it was an urgent situation to put take this person on the street. Could you imagine having to stop and take your phone out and input this information? The PBA put out a nice um, uh, tweet, uh, X, uh, with how long it takes to input. It came up to roughly four minutes to input this information. You know, we, we could appreciate the council trying to keep uh, transparency and keep the community safe, but all we're asking is let's be practical about it and let's make some changes. It's just going to slow us down. Is going to interrupt our op- our op- our operations versus doing paperwork, and we just we just we just don't agree with it. You'll be doing. I said it on Sid's show this morning. I was on Sid Rosenberg's show this morning. I said that they're, they're they're going to force the police to do paperwork while other crimes are being committed, and 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 they're doing paperwork while other crimes are being committed. That well, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And we need more cops, not less. We we need to keep them on the street. I mean, I, you know, I mean, this is crazy. We're a dynamic agency. We do a lot. We really do. But things like this is slow us down, and it takes away from the mission of keeping this city city safe. And like I said, the city council trying to do the right thing, but we like to sit down and negotiate what this 
how many stops act is and how we can make it better. But it seems like we're not getting there. We got Congressman King, whose dad was a police officer. Congressman? And Chief, first of all, thanks for the great job you're doing. Really appreciate what you and the NYPD are doing. I have a question slightly off message, but what reaction is there among the police to the uh, apparently the intention by the state parole board to release Eddie Burns' killer? Uh, obviously, well, 100%. Uh, against it. That was just a, a horrific murder of a, of a young rookie cop in Queens. And when you kill a cop, you should never see the light of day. Just yep. another example of sometimes we give the bad person uh, all the benefits and forget about us who are doing the job out there. So we're totally against it. And it sends such a wrong signal to cops. Say, I knew Eddie Burns' father, Matt, his uh, brother Larry, who you know, worked with the NYPD. Great family, great uh, great young cop, and he got uh, you know shot down in the prime of life. Okay. Like Chief. I said, real simple. You'll kill a cop, you don't come out of jail. I Make agree. Wow. Simple. Chief, it's uh, Judge Richard Weber. Good to talk to you again, sir. The problem is this is not an isolated case. They've had over 40 cases of letting cop killers out by the parole board. That's a system that has to be changed because that's totally unacceptable to the public and to the people, the men and women in blue who protect us. Yeah, it seems like everything's geared towards the people who commit the crimes, not the ones trying to help prevent it and help the communities out. Yeah, absolutely. Chief, I think we're going to have you as a regular on our show. We're going to have you on at least once a week to give all New Yorkers an update. I look forward to talking to you again, and uh, thank you for coming on. Anytime. Thank you. It was a pleasure, and good evening to all of you. Thank, thank you, Chief. you. Thank, thank you, you, Chief. We love you guys. Let's, we're going to take a break. Uh, let's, Rita, you want to sing or anything? Or? Um, no, I think Steve wants to sing. Steve Moore wants to sing, I think. <laughs> he's ready. <laughs> he, he's gearing up. So after the break, we'll have Bill O'Reilly. Maybe he'll sing. I look forward. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Our next guest is a mega best-selling author, the top nonfiction author of all time, millions upon millions. He's also the host of our great show, Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly. Every day, 9 o'clock, worldwide, 173 countries, 50 states. What about the stratosphere? Except except Antarctica. I've been to Antarctica. You know that. Bill O'Reilly. You're complaining, I understand, your book is banned in certain areas in Florida. I complain, I complain to the Ways and Means uh, Chairman, I don't know if you heard the, uh, the uh, interview at 5 o'clock. I said that because we were talking about uh, the, the Swazi race with, uh, yeah, with Mozzie, Mozzie this is the uh, Instagram, every time we did it, they threw us off of Instagram. And uh, Instagram's lawyers say it was artificial intelligence that threw us off. Well, there's not a lot of intelligence in that. I did hear the interview. Um, look, the censorship stuff has got to stop. Um, in Florida, there was a problem in some school districts where activists on the far left were bringing materials in where children ages 5 to 10 were giving access to things they couldn't possibly understand, transitioning, things like that. I mean, that's got to be outlawed by the state. But now the law was not written in Florida precisely enough. So John Grisham, all right, and Stephen King and Anne Frank and Bill O'Reilly, all of a sudden in Pensacola, our books disappear from the school libraries because they're being reevaluated. That's just nonsense. It's censorship. That's amazing. Now, on Instagram, 
Bill, by the way, you just brought up Anne Frank. Is that right? Anne Frank's book? You bet. So, look, in, if you have ever dealt with a school board, anybody listening today on WABC, you know there are loons on the school board. Insane people. People you would never, ever deal with. They're there. When they get power, things go crazy. Now let's get over to Instagram. So what I would do, John, would have WABC's attorneys write to the CEO and say, we need an explanation in writing on why you're hurting our business, WABC, the most powerful radio station in the country. Why are you doing that? That's all. Well, that'll be tomorrow morning's move. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I gave it to the most powerful guy in Congress, the Ways and Means chairman, and I'm going to send a a letter to uh, CCM. Yeah. He's not going to, he may write the letter, but believe me when I tell you, WABC lawyer, throwing that missile in there, they got a big problem there. Yep. Now, you can't just say, well, artificial intelligence this, artificial intelligence. You're responsible. You're responsible. The CEO runs the company, is responsible of what Instagram does. Period. Yeah, and you make an excuse, whatever. It's like, well, my dog ate the homework, right? Enough. Okay, you're responsible for the homework. You know, it also it also just reeks, uh, Bill, of all the stuff uh, we think about uh, with all the Hunter Biden laptop. Remember, it was like the blackout of, of, you know, the story even on New York Post. Here we go again. It's a very big election. It's an important seat. It's the Santos seat. What a surprise, you know. You got to stop it. And the only way to stop it is if these people working in these corporations feel they're going to get hurt, personally hurt. That's the only way you're going to stop it. Absolutely. And now, so you've got to retail it down to that level. And just, I look, I would like to know why they did what they did. And the attorney for WABC just said, please explain to us why we have to reapply to Instagram to get our messages on there. Just explain it. They're not going to do it. What they'll do is they'll put back WABC's account. I guarantee that's what will happen. Well, we'll keep you posted. Uh, Bill, I also know you want to talk about DeSantis and New Hampshire, because, of course, the big primary, the first in the nation primary, the other one's the caucus, of course, is tomorrow. Uh, your reaction to DeSantis coming out and what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? What are, you, where are your thoughts on sort of where that race and the timing with Nikki Haley? Well, loyal WABC listeners know that on January 2nd, three weeks ago, I predicted that Ron DeSantis was finished. First national commentator in the country to do it. And now I'm running the soundbite again tonight, what I said on January 2nd. Those of us who cover politics in America who are honest, and non-ideological. That means we're not rooting for a certain side. It isn't hard to pick up trends, Rita. You know this. Ron DeSantis never had a good campaign day. Ever. Not one. He is incapable of doing that. <laughs> I believe he's run the state of Florida fairly efficiently. I think you can prove that by the hundreds of thousands of people going there. But he cannot deliver his message 
to groups of people. He's terrible. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not a great communicator. That's for <laughs> he's sure. He's no Ronald Reagan. No, he's no Reagan. As Steve Moore just so said. He's getting, yeah. he's getting he, he never had a chance. But so you know, now Bill, it's Nikki Haley. Bill, it's it's okay. he's he's a great governor. I mean, he's been an amazing governor for the state of Florida. It's sort of tragic that, and I know we're running out of time, but it's one quick question, if I may. Yeah, sure. You, uh, Bill, is do you see him as a possibility for twenty twenty eight, or is he through? Uh, I wouldn't say he's through. I think that's unfair. Yeah, but I think he needs so too. A charisma bypass operation. <laughs> <laughs> do they have those? I need one of those. Yeah, I was going to say, are there any doctors that do that? <laughs> yeah. So now you got Nikki Haley and Trump. And from what I understand from my New Hampshire uh, sources, which are pretty good, uh, Trump will win by 10 tomorrow night. So then the question becomes, does Nikki Haley hang on for four long weeks when she's running 20 points down in the polls in South Carolina, our home state, and has no major endorsements there. <clears throat> they just did a multi-million dollar uh, buy in South Carolina. If you saw that. Yeah, Haley well, you know, they could you cancel can it. buy all day long, but that's not going to matter if, right. look, Trump is an overwhelming presence, whether you like him or not. He's overwhelming. South Carolina is MAGA country. <laughs> you better believe it. All right? So... I'm a simple man. If if somebody comes to me and goes, oh, I'll bet you $10,000 that Nikki Haley is going to beat Trump in South Carolina, I'm taking that bet. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you think it's going to go? Do you think she hangs on? It's, what? it's and, over. Yeah. It's over. Do you think prior to Super Tuesday? going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising. You think she'll pull out before Super Tuesday? I don't know about that. All right, Bill, Bill, Bill. Oh, the primaries are over. Bill. Super Wait a minute. Hold on, Bill. Anything. Hold on. It's over. There's a bigger question. Who? What are the chances that Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee? Is, is be, well, Joe Biden is what? Do you think that Joe Biden will be on the ticket as at the head of the Steve ticket? Steve thinks maybe he, I, somebody I think else might. They'd be. be crazy to run him, but it seems like the. Dem- I don't think they're going to be allowed to run him. I think Joe Biden has early stage dementia. I think so, too. Yeah, I think that's been cannot, pretty apparent. <laughs> so if that's the case, be, then what the happens? The Party is not going to be able to run a person with early well, then, then what happens? Well, then it, it becomes the delegates right. at the convention right. themselves right. will pick the nominee. Yeah. So who do you think? What, and, and I have two questions, actually, to that point. Who do you think? Um, are you thinking a Newsom, a Michelle Obama? And also, Bill, I'm curious, who do you think there's been a lot of talk of who might be a good uh, running mate for Trump if everything goes as we're talking? Um, who do you think? Anybody who would run with Trump, you know, is got to have a pretty tough skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my true. chance, right? That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a big line there. Um, he'll find somebody that he's compatible with. The best person would be uh, Governor Huckabee Sanders of Arkansas. I think she's she's compatible with Trump. She's a good campaigner. Americans know her. That would be num- the best for Trump. Um, as far as Biden is concerned and the Democrats, if he can't run and Michelle Obama does not want to run, which I'm hearing from my Democratic friends is the case, all right. Then they'll turn to somebody like Governor Whitmer of Michigan. Right. Should be a problem. 
Or uh, to give you one more, <clears throat> Glenn Youngkin, because Trump is a one-term president. Because he's, he's not going to do it. And he Glenn, won't do it, John. Well, he'd be ready for twenty-eight. It'd be the number one spot for twenty-eight. Then what about Pompeo? He's already ready for twenty-eight. Yeah. What about Pompeo or uh, you know or Christy Nome and some of these other names, Bill? Uh, Pompeo doesn't get him anything. Christy Nome, you'd have to really vet her. Um, I, I would go to the tried and true if I were Trump. The last thing he needs is to select someone who is going to be controversial. He does not need that. So what about a Tim Scott, too? Because there's also talk of, of him, African-American, optimistic, not, not controversial. No, he's being considered, but I would assume it would be more it would be more favorable to the Republican Party to put a woman on the second. Yeah, I, I agree. have in mind for that, Bill? I just said, Governor uh, Sanders. Yeah, Sanders, oh. yeah, Sarah, yeah he thinks Sanders. Yeah. Very decent lady. Yeah, very and smart. You know, I agree. And they worked yeah. together before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He knows her. He can rely on her. Um, Bill, we just have about 30 seconds. I also know you want to talk real quick about crime. Go ahead real quick. I don't have it. Uh, 30 seconds, I can't do it. Well, you got one all minute. Right, I will go over yeah, we'll give you a minute. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a we'll minute. We love you, Bill. Look, the New York City Council is putting every one of us in danger by passing laws to hurt the police. That's what's happening here. They put their ideology above public safety. It's horrible. You pass this law, you're going to lose another 200,000 people going south. Yes. That's it. Yeah, I agree. What are you going to talk about tonight, Bill, too? Yeah, we'll do the uh, New Hampshire thing, and, and we're going to go over uh, in – I'm going to take six minutes to explain uh, why uh, Adams' veto of the city council police bill is worthy and should be supported. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I we're agree. supporting it 100%. 100%. Yep. Bill, thank you. We, we'll be tuning okay, in guys. tonight. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. 9 p.m., Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly. It's an awesome show. Everybody tune in. And, guys, we try our best to, to tell the truth in this and 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 stay tuned to WABC to find out what the heck is really going on in the world. Yeah, absolutely. We have everybody here, which we love. Yeah, even, you know? even the KGB listens in to find out what's going on. And John Fetterman, too, I think, yeah. since we talk about him a lot. And what do we stand for? Truth, justice, and the American way. God bless America. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.